Christmas, Easter, Confirmation, Ordination, Marriage, New Baby, Baptism and Birthday, Valentine's, Housewarmings, Celebrations, Graduation, Any Occasion, No Occasion, On Vacation or Consolation. Ad Crucem has all your gift giving covered. Gifts for yourself, gifts for your spouse, gifts for your godchild or your pastor. Buy from us and advert a disaster. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com. Listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Once again, we're in our home recording studios. This is becoming a thing again. Uh, this time for an ice storm that hit St. Louis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Midwest winter that we didn't have to deal with last year because we were all home anyway for COVID. So mm. today, mm. I'm very excited. Today is a Rachel's trivia challenge on quite possibly my favorite beverage it's in strange. the entire universe. You might dominate this You're round. Gonna, we're going to get spanked, Sarah. Like, it's straight uh, I am drinking the thing that we're having trivia about. So, Rachel, take it away. Well, I was on the fence for a long time about what to do for our trivia challenge this time because we've done so much fun stuff. And, you know, this time of year, we've got it pretty well covered. If you want to know about Ash Wednesday, we've got that. If you want to know about Lent, we've covered that. If you want to know about Mardi Gras, we've covered that. Um, yes. What else do we got? I guess I should do Valentine's Day one of these days, but this was oh, not yeah. that year. No. However, no. we have recently been... Shining a spotlight, you might say, on those that, <laughs> that extremely Lutheran institution, the after church or before church, depending on which service you go to, coffee hour. We had Erin's yes. recipe. Oh, no, not Erin's recipe card. Iron ladle challenge. That's right. Yeah. Coffee hour treats in which I smoked out my entire family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had our Super Bowl style pregame commentary from Bree's Radio Theater. And so I thought, great. while we are on the subject, we really ought to see how much we actually know about the relationship between coffee and Christianity. We know there is a relationship, but how did it come to be? And I will tell you, mm. honestly, one thing this quiz absolutely won't cover is the history of coffee hour, because like so many other folk history things, you really can't find much on it. No. Your ancestors talk about it around the fire. like that. <laughs> <laughs> However, I did find out a whole lot of fun stuff researching this quiz. So we'll see how much of this you guys know already and what you'll be learning today. I'm so excited. Speaking of smoke out, here we go. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. I am ready. So coffee has pretty much since its conception as a, as a beverage been associated with religion, but it hasn't hmm. always been associated with Christianity. With which religion has coffee been associated the longest? Islam. Yeah. That's my guess. I'm going to oh, I was going to say Islam, but you know me. I always want to be <laughs> countercultural. Um, I'm going to say. in there ahead of you. I'm going to say Hinduism. Mm, intriguing. And Sarah? I was going to say Islam, too. Well, you got it with Islam. It is indeed. Um, <laughs> if you yes. wanted bonus points, you could have said Sufi Islam. Oh, oh the wow. mystical charismatic branch. 
So oh. the story huh. goes that and this is a this is a legend. Probably didn't happen this way, but it's a great story. That uh, an Ethiopian goat herd mm-hmm. named Kaldi or Kali. Yes. Kaldi Coffee. There's a famous coffee chain in uh, St. Louis known as mm-hmm. Kaldi Coffee. I know this story because it's written on their cups and I always read it whenever I go there. It's written on so a wall. At around 850 AD, according to popular legend, he noticed that the goats were nibbling on bright red berries of a certain bush and then they became more energetic. They were jumping goats. And then he tried some. And he was so exhilarated that he took it to it took the berries to an Islamic monk in a nearby Sufi monastery. And the Sufi monk initially disapproved of their use and threw them into the fire, Ooh. from which uh. an enticing aroma billowed. It's like Jack and the Beanstalk, where he yes. threw the beans away, and then <laughs> it turns out it grew into a magical stalk. Yes. And so coffee like became. Dark. A sort of it started out with the Muslim Sufis and then just broadened to all of Islam. It was used to keep the Sufi monks awake for midnight prayer, which makes what? sense. And it was also became very mm-hmm. popular because in Islam, of course, alcohol is not allowed. So if you need mm-hmm. a special drink, coffee is your is your drink. Mm. However, even though it was developed by Muslims, something so delicious could never stay exclusive to the Islamic world forever. So question two, how exactly did coffee make its way to Europe? Was it carried by, this multiple choice, was it carried by A, missionaries, B, traders, as in people who trade, not people who betray, (laughs) traders, or C, soldiers? Soldiers. I go with traders. I was going to go with traders, too. But missionaries, I'm going to say missionaries. <laughs> you know, that was a bit of a, a gray area because, you know, in early Islam, jihadists, whether they were soldiers or missionaries, is kind of a, a gray area. Mm. Um, um, but the answer is soldiers. Wow. Soldiers. Yes. Hey. Like from the Crusades? No, from the other way. When the Turks invaded Hungary in 1526 yeah. and oh. later on when they attempted to invade Vienna in 1529 uh-huh. apparently when they left hmm. they left behind some bags of coffee uh, mm-hmm. that and that was how it happened so the the huh. islamic soldiers could not do without their daily brew brought some with them and of course got sort of left behind. things things get left behind when you leave in a hurry so yeah. yes that was it it came with soldiers hmm. soldiers <laughs> So an interesting follow-up. The first European coffee house, apart from those in the Ottoman Empire, was opened in Venice in 1645. So from there, yes. it, once, once it caught on, it caught on big. And then the traders took over. Mm. Um, but the soldiers made the first introduction. So because coffee came out of the Islamic world, it was at first considered unfit for Christian consumption, labeled hmm. the devil's drink. And that prevailing opinion held approximately until Christians actually tried it. <laughs> and then they couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Not including after all. <laughs> Pope Clement VIII, whom these priests were trying <laughs> to convince to outlaw coffee for mm. uh, Catholics. What was his reaction to trying coffee? As if you didn't know. But what sacrament did he plan metaphorically to use on the coffee? Exorcism. (laughs) (laughs) So first off, what did he think of it? 
Well, he clearly loved he loved it. Yeah. Okay, he didn't so. marry it, did he? That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. What are the different sacraments in the Catholic Church? What are my, are there some options? Like there are that we seven. Can consider exorcism okay. isn't one. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got holy communion. We got baptism, which we agree on. Is confession right. and absolution one? Confession is one, isn't it? Okay, confession. Uh, Supre- and is it supreme unction is that what it's extreme called? Extreme unction. Extreme unction. Extreme. And marriage. Marriage. That's, that's one. Uh, Last rites. That's extreme unction. Oh. oh. We do. We're bad on. Okay, you've already named it. Pick one of the sacraments you've already named. Yikes. Go with baptism. He's going to baptize it and make it acceptable. He is. This is weird. He is. Yep. The quote, and this this quote showed up all over the articles I was researching for this. So, Pope Clement VIII is reported to have said, Why? This Satan's drink is so delicious that it would be a pity to let the infidels have exclusive use of it. We shall fool Satan by baptizing it and making it a truly Christian beverage. What? Pulling a fast one on Satan? Wow. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Yikes. That's like really cringy. Yeah. Can I just... Was this before the Reformation? This was, this was bef- before-ish. Okay. Actually, you know what? We'll get to that in a little bit. Okay, sorry. I'll ask that question. I'll ask that question. I just wanted to pause here to say... To any Muslims who might be listening, we disagree on so many things, but thank you for the coffee. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, of course, to fully understand what a mind-blowing experience Clement had when he enjoyed that first cup of joe, we have to understand the context. So the next question is this. Throughout the Middle Ages, what was the beverage that nearly everyone, young, old, male, female, pregnant, not pregnant, drank for breakfast? Beer. Beer. Mead. <laughs> not water. It was beer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was not the kind of beer that you would normally think of today. It was called small beer, which is fairly weak, about 1% alcohol by volume. So, um, it's a light. table beer. However, it's still a lot to be drinking for breakfast. Like, I feel like yeah. my productivity would go way down if that was my the daily opposite routine. effect. Yeah. Yep. And it was common for workers who engaged in heavy labor to drink more than 10 imperial pints. That's 5.7 liters of small beer a day. So sort of like Gatorade. It was nutritious. Yeah. And also had, had did have some nutritional content. Yeah. B vitamins, traces of wheat. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. even so, given this, coffee was absolutely a game changer to Christian mm-hmm. Christ. So much so that several memes floating around the internet have pointed out that coffee and the Reformation arrived in Europe at roughly the same time. You may have seen mm-hmm. them. They often conclude with the punchline, beware a caffeinated pastor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> this raises an important question. Was coffee and not the Holy Spirit slash word of God <laughs> responsible for the Lutheran Reformation? Did Luther <laughs> drink coffee? No. I say no. I'm going to say also no. It was, well, Sarah, coffee Coffee arrived in Wittenberg after 1517. 
You're right? quite correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sadly, I've read those memes very closely. <laughs> Sadly, Luther was unable to enjoy his cup of coffee. This is I, I got this from Pastor Chris Gillespie, who runs a side ah. gig as a coffee roaster. So sadly, Luther was unable to enjoy a cup of coffee while writing his beautiful theses or translating the Bible into German. The beverage did not arrive in Germany until 1670. Yeah. yeah. Not long after 16. Hmm. I'll have to check that. You know, but, I, I would I almost but it was after Luther's lifetime used some like offensive insult for the taste of it. Like he does for like it, this tastes like a fart coming out of the devil. Something <laughs> over. Yeah. That, that does seem like something he would say. Soy Luther sauce. insult generator oh, for yeah. coffee. Yeah. Although, honestly, I think <laughs> I don't think he would have a worse insult than this isn't beer. <laughs> so no coffee for Luther. Poor Luther. And, and yet, can I just point out, we somehow still have 55 volumes of Luther's collected works translated in English, and they're still working on them. Just imagine what would have happened if he had a coffee. I can't. Oh, man. Other famous historical Lutherans, however, were regular and enthusiastic consumers, including one notable Lutheran whose satirical coffee cantata includes the line, Ah, how sweet coffee tastes, lovelier than a thousand kisses, smoother than muscatel wine. Who was the coffee composer? Bah! Sarah, you're doing a little happy dance over there. <laughs> yes. Bach? J.S. Really? Bach has a coffee cantata. Oh, yes. Goodness. The yes. American Conjurist sang it two years ago as a fundraiser, and it was amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, the coffee cantata, the entitled Keep Quiet, Don't Chatter, was originally performed by the Collegium Musicum at Zimmerman's Coffee House. Yes. And again, Pastor Gillespie gave us a lovely synopsis of this. It follows the story of a young woman named Aria who cannot live without her coffee. A dispute arises between her and her father because of her love for the beverage. In the end, Aria's father allows her to enjoy her favorite brew, even going so far as having a written agreement in her marriage contract that she may enjoy her coffee three times a day. <laughs> Here's another excerpt it. from, and this is kind of a wooden translation, but I tend to favor exact translations of these sorts of things from one aria. Father, don't be so hard. If three times a day I can't drink my little cup of coffee, then I would become so upset that I would be like dried a piece of roast goat. Mm. Wow. Delicious. See, but I, I resonate very strongly with this. <laughs> Next time I see you dragging, I'm be like, "You're looking a little dry, You're like goat a dried there, Sarah. You need to You're looking kind of leathery there. You need to top her. Have you not had your little cup of coffee three times a day, Sarah? <laughs> I'm on number three right now. Actually, Good. there you go. Funny oh, story. <laughs> So That's yes, a little though. <laughs> Johann Sebastian Bach, known for so many great pieces of sacred music, had a little fun in his off hours writing a cantata <laughs> for coffee. It's a half hour long. You can find it on YouTube. Definitely enjoy yes. that. Mm -hmm. Coffee shops, as we can see from, from Bach's story, took off in Europe and became popular gathering spaces for pretty much all the key thinkers of the 18th century secular enlightenment. Samuel Pepys, Voltaire, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, all were coffee enthusiasts. 
In fact, many coffee shops in Europe were so enlightened that they didn't even allow women inside them. Because what? you can't have those irrational females spoiling the irrationalist vibe, can you? Vibe. <laughs> vibe killer. Yikes. However, things began to change in the 19th and 20th centuries as coffee began to be more and more closely associated with Christianity, largely due to its connection to a mostly female-led quasi-Christian movement. What movement was it that began to bring Christianity and coffee closer together? Women's Christian Temperance Union? That's very specific. Wow. <laughs> I was just going to say temperance, but you gave the actual organization. Yeah. Yes. Well, that was one of many organizations, both in America and Europe. Yes. Temperance, the temperance movement, which encouraged people of all sorts, and especially men, to stop drinking strong spirits, which would probably have included small beer, honestly. They were they yeah. were pretty broad in their pronouncements mm -hmm. and promoted pretty much any drink that wasn't beer, wine or liquor. So they were associated with lemonade, um, cocoa, <laughs> tea, hot milk. Doesn't that sound delicious? Oh, mm. steamers and Yum. also coffee. In fact, for a short time in the 19th century, there was a prohibitionist campaign that promoted the, quote, coffee tavern as a substitute for alcohol-driven bars and pubs. They knew that the pub was a big thing in Britain and figured, well, we'll just set up a substitute pub that only serves coffee. And hmm. it did not I mean, catch on long-term. I'd go there. <laughs> you could have changed the entire landscape of history if you had been born right? that moment. Mm -hmm. Man, I would have been all over that. <laughs> Well, and the truth is that coffee is still a major part of the modern-day grandchild of the temperance movement today. If you know mm -hmm. anyone who's been associated with Alcoholics Anonymous, ask them what they serve in an AA meeting. Yeah, it's always coffee. Lots and lots of coffee. <laughs> Somewhere along the way then, and as I said at the beginning of the quiz, we aren't sure exactly how or when, at least not in the superficial research that I did for this episode, but somewhere along the way, coffee jumped from the coffee house into the church basement. And there, my friends, it took over. Yes. Coffee has become, in the words of one journalist, the sipping sacrament. Some people <laughs> do joke about coffee hour being the third sacrament after baptism and the Lord's Supper. Mm. All joking aside, though, heavy coffee drinking has long been considered Christianity's most acceptable and even brag-worthy vice. We all talk about coffee. Uh -huh. And with few exceptions, nobody seems bothered by it or even particularly aware of it. Our next question shows one example of this. Oh, boy. Which 90s Christian rock band oh, no. took a quick coffee break from their usual music that, you know, the kind that worships God, and instead included a rhapsodic ode to coffee in their 1997 album, Much Afraid? Newsboys? I was going to say Newsboys. Nope. Jars of the Jars of Clay. Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's just the weirdest thing to see on the album. You've got like Christian song, Christian song, Christian song. Oh, how I love coffee. Um, oh, I mean, the song is good coffee, strong coffee. And I won't give you the exact lyrics because copyright. Copyright. Mm. Look it up. The coffee song from Jars of Clay to see exactly how Christians of the late 90s feel about coffee. Is and that the is same album that Flood strong. was on? I am not. I don't think so. I think it might have been the one after that, but don't quote me on that. Because now that song is not in my head. Blood is not on Much Afraid. Which album is it on? I don't even know the song. 
You do. You just don't realize yeah, you, you do. do. Okay, maybe I know it. You do. From the album Johnny Clay. It was you their totally self-titled debut album. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. 1995. So this is two years after Flood. Got it. They're like <laughs> one of the hottest things in Christian music at this point. <laughs> And here, I thought they only had wow. one oh, yeah, I do let alone them. one album. <laughs> I do know it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was like a, I was a small child at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and we listened, yeah. we were mostly a Newsboys and DC Talk family. Oh, so. good reason. Uh, I was in college. Reason. They were good. Oh, and audio, I was in college. And audio adrenaline. <laughs> I know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I forget how young you are. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, yes. Jars of Clay the popular Christian rock band, wrote an ode to coffee on their 1997 album, Much Afraid, called The Coffee Song, or in parentheses, Good Coffee, Strong Coffee. This was not the album, the self-titled debut album on which we heard Flood. (laughs) Great song. (laughs) Great song. One day we'll have to do an episode on 90s Christian rock. Yes. (laughs) Can we do that without clips or exact quotes or singing the songs? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> like the Java words or whatever. Sarah, you handle the permissions and we will make that happen. <laughs> oh, yikes. Anyway. <laughs> At any rate, moving on. The connection between coffee and Christianity has only grown more noticeable in the digital age. While many Christians would hesitate maybe to share photos of themselves chugging a beer or sipping a dry martini, especially during church activities and even especially during personal devotions. The same does not hold true for coffee. No. (laughs) But the question remains, when you're sharing that post on Instagram about your quiet time with the Lord, which you are having with a giant cup of coffee in your hand, how do you structure your hashtag? So I was Hmm. curious and had to see which hashtag on Instagram and Twitter might be different. This is just Instagram. Which hashtag is more popular? Oh, I like this question. Jesus and coffee or hashtag Ah. coffee and Jesus? Oh, I would say coffee and Jesus. Yeah, that just sounds more powerful. Say those again. I want to I want to hear them next to like how do they the ring hashtag of them. So say coffee it again. and Jesus or hashtag Jesus and coffee. I think it's coffee and Jesus. I do too. The sacrilege of it, honestly. Yeah. But, I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. I think you are right. There are more than twice oh. as many posts on Instagram oh, wow. with hashtag coffee and Jesus. Hmm. Get your oh, priorities boy. straight, people. Come on. Hmm. Hey, I don't know if we're touching on this, but do you guys remember that comic strip coffee with Jesus? Yes. Sassy Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that would pass LCMS doctrinal review. <laughs> but it does give you lots to think about. Sure does. So the perception based on everything we've talked about today is that all Christians drink coffee. Of course, we know this to be statistically impossible. <laughs> so for question 10, and yes, we've already made it to question 10. Wow. Wow. What would you say is the actual percentage of adults who drink coffee daily? 75. Okay, is this just people in Percent. general? This is Wait, a, in the this world? Is, uh, American adults uh, who okay. drink coffee daily. Who are also American Christian? No, just, just regular. You drink coffee daily. Daily. I'm, Not that I'm Christian isn't regular. Christian is very regular. <laughs> <laughs> Including people of, of all faiths and all none. All faith traditions. <laughs> I'm going to say seven, uh, 78%. 
Oh, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go with 60, 60 percent. You're going to have to go lower still. Now, this may have changed, but this was the Washington Uh Post in 2015. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. That 54% of American adults drink coffee daily, which honestly surprised me. Yeah, that's low for me. Really low. Because 54% is barely a majority, albeit Uh an extremely vocal and enthusiastic majority. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tremendous. So just to turn this in the practical direction for a while, for a moment, not a while, not a long while, just a little moment. Just a little (laughs) moment. Maybe when we are hosting our coffee hours at church, we should be sure to realize that only a little over half of the average American adults drink coffee and make sure that we have alternative beverages Hmm. and maybe even think about alternative branding as much as I adore coffee hour. Hmm. In fact, I started drinking coffee partly so I could like be a true participant in coffee hour. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But that said... Compassion and hospitality compel us to recognize that lots and lots of people, lots and lots of Christian people don't drink coffee and that we should be welcoming as possible to the coffee drinkers and the non-coffee drinkers alike. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Emanuel Lutheran Church in St. Charles once again. They serve ice water and lemonade in addition to coffee during the nice. night. Yeah. Well, and having that carafe of just plain hot water with tea bags and cocoa mm-hmm. powder is great. I've Game got, changer. in my family, we've got a couple of coffee drinkers, but at least one enthusiastic tea drinker who never touches coffee. And uh, she always feels really, really good when there's, even if it's just the, you know, most generic tea bags available. It's Lipton. a nice thing to have. Inclusivity yeah. makes a big difference when it comes to hospitality. That's for it sure. Does. It does. It's true. Okay, we are rounding the home stretch here. Two more questions. Oh. And question 11 brings us to the family feud portion of the quiz. Oh, yes. I'm ready to so, fight. Uh, <laughs> it's just no. a really short portion. <laughs> don't get too excited. Hey, it escalated very quickly. <laughs> In a recent Barna poll on things that Christian churchgoers missed most during the pandemic, where would coffee oh, no. hour fall? Burr, second. Out of how many options? Out of all the options. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to say top three, maybe top five. I'm, I'm actually going with number one. Wow. Number one. Okay. I am sacrilegious, but I'm going, I think this is the poll. I think we have already established that when it comes to coffee, sometimes we get a little sacrilegious. (laughs) (laughs) However, Sarah is right. It is second, Mm. but just barely. Impressive. Um, So Religion News cited a poll from Barna that after Holy Communion, 24%, (laughs) people missed socializing with other churchgoers the most, which would would fall into that 23%. So one percentage point under Holy Communion. (laughs) Yikes. Uh That is pretty close. I mean, mean, if we're talking across all of Christianity, that's like sacramental and and not sacramental churches, you're going to get a really heavy mix of. Mm -hmm. I would be interested if that poll were strictly like Lutheran, Catholic, Orthodox. Yeah, I think the... uh, I would hope it would be more than 25%. (laughs) It would be much more significant. (laughs) 
But I still think that coffee hour would be a pretty close, yeah, yeah. A pretty close second. Almost yeah. closer Behind than it is comfortable, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, like Holy Communion is like the prime. It's like prime fellowship time, you guys. Like, yeah. Serious. It is. It is the fellowship. It is the of all saints fellowship. and believers of all time. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you're not laughing during Holy Communion, so that's true. So therefore, it depends on him we're that's why it's a close second. And the, the apple cheddar to... scones are <laughs> exclusively coffee hour. That's true. Absolutely. That is true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, we have just about made it. This is a huge topic, by the way, and one that I feel I've only scratched the surface of. I wanted like an extra six hours to work on this because it was just so fun. And I wanted to order a bunch of books and, you know. But of course, these quizzes are by their very nature cursory. (laughs) You can check out the show notes for a long list of further reading if you are interested in learning more. Yes. To end this, though, and and I I trip over my words a little bit. The only way I could think to end this quiz. Oh, no. Can you guess how many cups of coffee I consumed while writing it? (laughs) I'll give you a hint. It is about half a cup more than the maximum number of cups I can drink in a day before becoming extremely paranoid. (laughs) Eight. Eight cups. I'm going to say four. (laughs) Five tops. I'm going to say, hang on, I'm thinking. I love this question. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to go with five. Five. <laughs> the answer is four and a half. I, okay. If I drank eight cups of coffee today, <laughs> oh. I would be dead. <laughs> I love your faith in me. That <laughs> No, usually I my, drink eight. my absolute limit is four cups, but I stretched it a little bit just for you, you guys. Don't because uh. God is good. <laughs> Wow. Sarah, do you drink eight cups? No. <laughs> well, your well. bird heart would explode. <laughs> she's like, no. And then she's, oh, well. It depends mm. on what <laughs> measurement of cup you're actually using. Okay. If you, if you do like the, the snobby coffee, I guess it's not really snobby. Like if you count coffee cups as the five ounce, which is technically what like coffee cups are five ounce, then yeah, yeah, I'm pretty close to that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a cups versus servings thing. Yes. Right. Yeah, how so many tumblers it, versus how many, you know, 1950s I mean, era teacups? I mean, I drink like um, two 12 ounces before, I, no, 10 ounces before I go to work. And then I have a 20 ouncer that I drink at work. So that's my usual day. Ooh, Moses. But listen, guys, I can't drink anything else. I know. Like, it's, it's water and coffee in my life. If you're like a walking temperance movement, of course you love coffee. Of course you are. <laughs> my body does not tolerate anything else. So let her have the one thing. I know. It's you enjoy one that thing. one thing. Erin and Bree, what's, your, what's your coffee game? I'm going to say maybe two servings a day tops and not every day. You're, so you're one of That's those. It? One of the, what is that, 46%? Because it's not every day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. I drink, I do drink coffee every day, unless I'm just really sick. Yeah. And I, but I really, with rare exception, I drink it just in the morning as I'm getting ready. And I have, I make the one serving of it, which is a, like a, I don't know, it's probably like nine ounces. So that's. That's what I drink. I used to drink so more moderate. and then it took 
it took so much time. I was like, I don't have time for this in the morning. I got to move on. And if I try to bring it to work, then I'm always ending up with disgusting containers of coffee that I forget. And then later I open it. I'm like, oh, just throw that thermos away. Don't try and rescue it. And so <laughs> instead I drink it while I'm at home and then I move on with my day. Or I maybe I buy a cup of coffee on the way to work if I don't have don't want to do it at home. That's fair. It's, it's That's good. It's a it's a been an enjoyable part of my life. I did give it up last year for Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my kids yeah. suggested it. And if your kids suggest a Lenten fast to you, take mm-hmm. it seriously. And mm-hmm. if your first thought when they suggest the fast is, oh no no please not that, <laughs> then maybe that is the thing you should give up. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I survived barely. Um, <laughs> but it was a great reminder that although coffee and Christianity have gone hand in hand for a long time, coffee is not essential to Christian faith. It is right. not essential to Christian fellowship. It is a wonderful, good gift of God to be enjoyed. And yet let us please, please, please keep it in its right place as a creation of our good Heavenly Father and not something that goes hand in hand. And when you are sharing that photo on Instagram, remember this. And always use hashtag Jesus and coffee and not the other way around. (laughs) It is not, in fact, the third second. It is not. (laughs) So that's all I got. Thank you, guys. I think you aced this quiz. But yeah, whether you did or not, I don't care because I had them. fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah. Always love a trivia. Mm-hmm. Always love a trivia yes. challenge. Okay, so I have to just throw in this anecdote because there probably won't ever be another podcast where I can share this. But so I'm from <laughs> I'm from Dearborn, Michigan, which is, you know, like um Yes, pretty much we the, know you're Arabic. from Michigan. You love No, 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 no. she's from Dearborn. This is relevant specifically. So this is relevant. Okay. The largest Arab American community in America okay. is in Dearborn. Okay. That's why this okay. is relevant. That's where I'm, that's where I'm going. So because of that, there have been more Yemeni and Middle Eastern coffee shops opening hmm. in the last few years. And so these are people who have emigrated from Yemen and that area where coffee originated. And so they're making this like super original coffee in these coffee shops. And it is the most mm-hmm. amazing coffee experience I've ever had. It does not taste like American coffee mm-hmm. the way that they make it at all. Like this is this is like Yemeni coffee with like cardamom and ginger and cinnamon and honey and like you eat it with these Middle Eastern pastries. It is like it is a mind blowing experience. But it does not taste like like Folgers at all. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just saying if you ever have a chance to go drink coffee at a actual Middle Eastern coffee shop, do it. I would like any ethnic coffee experience. Like do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, American drip stuff is fine, but it's good. It's all right. But this is this is like next level. Yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I'm done. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. On that note, ladies, we want to know how you did and how much coffee you drink. Maybe we don't actually want to know how much coffee you drink in a day. I don't know. That should be a you poll. Can- Best, you can keep uh, that to yourself if you I want. Or, this is a or good you can tell free us. zone. I will say that. 
we we run the gamut on on how much coffee we drink right here so there you go you can join us in our group on facebook and talk about coffee all you want the lutheran ladies lounge on facebook you can also follow us on our instagram page at lutheran ladies lounge and you can share your thoughts there with us tag us and we can share those into our own stories as well If you aren't on social media or if you just like to get some more Lutheran Ladies Lounge content in your inbox, you can sign up for our e-newsletter. You can find the sign up for that newsletter in the show notes for this episode or if you go to kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge, it's right at the top of that page as well. You can find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on the KFUO radio app or on your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm going to add hashtag Jesus and coffee to every Instagram post that I make, <laughs> regardless of its relevance. <laughs> and if you need me, I'll be in a corner twitching. <laughs> <laughs> KFUO Radio and the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast are underwritten in part by Ad Crucem. Visit them online at adcrucem.com. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Is someone coming in the door? I thought someone was coming in the door. Sneaky. <laughs> Friend or foe? Friend or foe? <laughs> it's just They're wearing their invisibility cloak. Okay. <laughs> we'll just ignore. They haven't invaded yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so earlier when you were like, there's someone behind you that was actually paranoia like not that was the coffee speaking it might have been yeah no my anxiety goes up to 11 when i drink too much why i cut myself off usually it might have been no